This is Alan Seaborn from Winning at Home. Welcome to In Progress, a podcast about faith, life, and how we grow. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about what it looks like for us to turn things over to God. And I'm going to talk about that by looking at a passage from 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 19. And I don't know, maybe I'm the only one, I highly doubt it. I'm guessing that many people listening can relate to this. I don't really do a whole lot of my devotions from 2 Kings because most of those chronicles, First and Second Chronicles, First and Second Kings, a lot of that stuff is telling the history of Israel and then Israel and Judah as the nation was a divided kingdom. And you're reading and you're seeing, okay, this king was a good king and they did this and that and the other. And then they had this child and then that person became king and that person was a bad king and they did this and that. And, and as I read through a lot of these stories, I, I'm reading about people from thousands of years ago that the names sound familiar, but only because I've learned them from these Bible stories. And sometimes you just go, okay, good to know, but eh, that's not really doing anything or speaking to my life or where I'm at. And so I want to share from the middle of those passages because there's something here in 2 Kings 19 where a guy who was king of Judah, this is in the divided kingdom, and he was his name was Hezekiah. He was king of Judah. And scripture tells us that he was a good king. There was no king in Judah like him, either before him or after him. He was pursuing God. And a lot of times when you read through these, the chronicling, even if it's not in the book of Chronicles, of the lives of these kings, as the king goes, so the nation goes. And so it's almost a shorthand when the author of these books is writing, this, this guy was a good king or this guy was a bad king. Really, the way that was measured was, did they bring the people closer to God or did they bring the people further from God? It's, I, I think I recorded an episode a while back, probably in the first 10 or 15 episodes, about a king named Omri or Omri who was wildly successful in the eyes of any kind of a historical standpoint. But scripture describes him as a terrible king because he didn't bring the people of Israel closer to God. And Hezekiah here in 2 Kings 19 is the opposite. He is the good king that, like I said, no one before him or after him in Judah was like him. So during his reign, now, again, this is something that we can kind of skim over, I think, and go, 
yeah, Israel, Judah, Israel and Judah. I kind of use those things interchangeably. But there were there were two kingdoms. This was the period of the divided kingdom. So Hezekiah is in Judah and Israel, which we used to be one nation. Israel and Judah was one nation. Israel falls to Assyria. Now, the Assyrians, I've talked about them in the past. This was where Jonah was sent to Nineveh, to the capital of Assyria, to preach and warn people of God's coming destruction. And for sure, part of the reason that he didn't go, or maybe the entirety of the reason that he didn't want to go, is the Assyrians were a ruthless people. They were the built-in enemy. If you were an Israelite or a Judahite, that doesn't sound like the right word, but I think it is, a Judahite. If you lived in Israel and Judah in the time period of really most of these kings, Assyria was the big enemy that you were afraid of. And while Hezekiah is king in Judah, the neighboring nation of Israel falls to Assyria. And I try to put myself in his shoes and think, okay, if I'm living in the era that he's living, when nations expand by going to war against other nations, and they take their land and their cities and their gold and their their herds and their crops and they take they take people as slaves you know they they plunder and say hey this is all ours now if i was living in judah and i watched i watched israel fall to assyria i'd be thinking oh man They're heading our way now. They're coming to us next. And it it didn't happen right away, but eventually they, they did. Assyria came and they had the city under siege. And Hezekiah is in his capital, surrounded by the Assyrians. And you can picture and you know what a siege looks like if you've watched a movie or show that's set in kind of medieval times and you've got this huge army outside the city walls, you've got some soldiers up on the city walls, and then you've got, you can imagine, scared people huddled together inside the city walls hoping that there's no way to get through those walls, that that huge army can't get through. And while that's happening, the king of Assyria, he sends his messengers or envoys or, you know, you picture that it's someone coming and bringing a message, but they're also army people. And so maybe they're dressed as soldiers or maybe they're separately messenger, but they're going to be surrounded by soldiers. And this person comes and there's actually quite a bit of kind of funny trash talk that happens here from the Assyrian side. They're wanting to let 
the people of Judah know you guys really don't have a chance. Like one of the lines that he says, the Assyrian envoy says, hey, we'll give you 2,000 horses if somehow you can find 2,000 riders to put on all of them. You know, he's saying you guys are so outnumbered. You guys don't have the skill. You don't have the know-how. You don't, you are not prepared in any way to do battle with Assyria. And actually, um, the people who were negotiating and, and speaking with this messenger on behalf of King Hezekiah of Judah, they asked these envoys and messengers from the Assyrian side to stop speaking in Aramaic or to stop speaking in Hebrew because they didn't want all of their soldiers up on the wall to hear these taunts and the things that, you know, the Assyrians were saying, hey, we're going to come and we're going to do these things. They said, we speak Aramaic, so can you speak that language instead so that not all of our troops can understand what you're saying when you're taunting and talking about what comes next for us? So you see here that the picture is really ugly. And for a moment, the Assyrian army gets called away and they have to go face something else. And then they come back. And this time a letter makes its way to King Hezekiah. And, you know, I I told you that this episode is going to be about turning things over to God. And the reason I need to set the stage for what happens when Hezekiah actually does that is because if we don't understand the weight of this situation, the circumstances that he found himself in, then I think we miss a big part of what it looks like to actually be faithful to do this, to turn things over to God. So this is where Hezekiah finds himself in this overwhelming we're definitely in big trouble. The nation of Assyria who defeats anyone in its path, now we're in its path. And we have, we have really no chance in battle. So 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 14. Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it. Then he went up to the temple of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim, you alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Give ear, Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, Lord, and see. Listen to the words. Sennacherib, that's the leader of Assyria, has sent to ridicule the living God. It is true, Lord, that the Assyrian kings have laid waste these nations and their lands. They've thrown their gods into the fire and destroyed them, for they were not gods, but only wood and stone fashioned by human hands. Now, Lord our God, deliver us from his hand, 
so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone, Lord, are God. Now, what I really want to talk about is what happened right at the beginning of this prayer. That Hezekiah took this letter, he went up to the temple of the Lord, and he spread it out before the Lord. He spread, he, you imagine, you know, I don't know if it's unrolling a scroll and that's what it looks like to spread this out. I'm, I'm guessing that that's how this letter would have come. Or you picture what it would look like in our era of multiple pages of paper and you kind of put your hands down on the middle and you just slide them to the side and you've got this letter and you're placing it. This is what Hezekiah is doing, placing this letter in front of God and giving it over to him. Now, I know just a couple episodes ago, I talked about how this has looked somewhat in my life of handing this stuff over to God with my health stuff specifically. And what that's done is it's in some way, it doesn't mean that it's easier the next time I have to do this, which is crazy, right? Because you would think if I learn how to surrender, if I learn how to let go, if I learn how to hand this stuff over to God, then the second time I have to do it is going to be a little bit easier and the third time even easier. And before you know it, I'm just going to be so good at this. I don't try to hold on to anything. I don't know if you remember, but in the episodes I've done talking about meditation, the passage that I would that I would really use as kind of my mantra was be still and know that I am God. And I would just repeat that over and over and just sit and and tune in to God. Try to use that passage right there to sort of quiet my mind. And in the midst of that, one of the big lessons that I really felt like God was pointing out about me is how much I want to be in control. How much even situations that I have no control over, I either try to exert control or mentally I try to convince myself that I, I am in control or I do have control. And one of the things that I I really felt like God was speaking to me about was that I need to let go or I need to hold loosely some of this stuff that I was trying to take control of. For me, one of the ways I seek control is through understanding, through figuring things out, through knowing what I think about whatever this situation or scenario is that's in front of me. And so what I would start to do is, and I, if this is upsetting because it's changing up the Bible verse, um, I, that's not what I'm trying to do, but I'm just trying to let you know that I would repeat, be still and know that I am God. But then sometimes I would swap that out And I would say, hold loosely and know that I am God. 
because what I needed was this reminder to do what we see Hezekiah doing here in 2 Kings 19 of taking the stuff. I mean, he did an, he did an actual physical action of taking this letter, spreading it out before God, and in so many ways, turning it over to him. Now, I don't often have a, a physical representation right in front of me of the thing that I'm needing to turn over to God. So what it looks like for me is to repeat this idea of hold loosely and know that I am God. Maybe for you, it would be let go. Totally let go and know that I am God. And what Hezekiah models here is really the only way forward when we find ourselves in these situations where we have no idea what to do, where we have no good options, where there's not a, oh yeah, I've, I've got exactly the answer. I know exactly how to move forward. What we need to do, the only thing that we can do is let go and ask God for help. And I just, I love this imagery of him actually spreading this letter out as he goes to the temple to pray. And as this verse, verse 14 says, he spread it out before the Lord. If we could get into that practice with the big, heavy stuff that we don't know the way forward, with the relational stuff where we don't know if there is going to be a way forward. And then as we start to practice that with the bigger things in our lives, I really think it's going to trickle down and when we run into something where we're like, I think I have a pretty good idea of the way forward here. But you know what? When I've tried to grab back control, when I personally have tried to hold tightly, man, I, I know where that goes. And I know I don't want to go there again. You know, you've, you've probably heard the idea that to get what you don't have you have to do what you haven't done. You have to do what you don't do. If, if things are going to change, that starts with change. And, you know, this really is, like I talked about two episodes ago, this quote from Richard Foster that prayer changes things for sure, but more importantly, Prayer changes us. I just think that ties in so well to what Hezekiah is doing here because he's, he's actually miming or mimicking or, you know, he's actually doing it. So maybe those words aren't the right way to describe what he's doing. 
but he's he's doing this physical act as a way of showing God I I want to turn this over to you. Maybe for you doing a physical act is what it looks like to start to say God I want to surrender. One of the reasons that I'm guessing people have heard this that we pray on our knees sometimes is it's even a posture of surrender. It's a posture of, hey, God, I'm trying to let go of this stuff. I'm trying to turn this stuff over to you. I'm coming to you in a, a humbled posture to let you know I need you. I want to pass this stuff on to you. And, you know, I, I could probably spend time just keep talking about what this looks like, about how we actually do it, why we resist doing it, why I resist and why I try to take back control. I try to grab this stuff that God's working on teaching me to let go of and to hold loosely. Why do I try to grab it back so much? Why, you know, to to jump into the Hezekiah story, why do I sometimes re-roll up the scroll and grab it back and say, ah, God, you're not doing this fast enough or you're not doing the thing I want you to do. But instead of talking and talking and talking, I want to encourage us to practice this. So, like I said, I, I could easily talk about this stuff for another 10, 15, 20 minutes. But instead, what I want to do is I want to encourage you as I wrap this episode up to spend some time just you and God. And maybe you get down on your knees to indicate, hey, I'm trying to surrender. I'm trying to submit. I'm trying to turn control of things I've been trying to control over to you. Maybe like Hezekiah, you, you have a physical representation or reminder of what it is that you're needing to put before him and you can do exactly that. Maybe uh, it's like what it's looked like for me to just be reminded of the importance of letting go, holding loosely, and knowing that he is God. Whatever that looks like for you, I want to encourage you as I wrap this up, take five minutes, take 10 minutes right now. Because it's really easy to think, oh yeah, that's a good idea, and then just move on to the next thing and it doesn't wind up happening. Take five minutes, 10 minutes, however long you need right now to actually surrender that stuff, to turn it over to him and to say, God, I've, I've tried. I've thought this through from every angle. I've tried to do it on my own, but I just need to turn this over to you. 